Do that again for me. I'm going to forget about that game two against the world champs and still brag about us winning that first one. <laughs> That's what I do. It'll fix itself. of the beer buds banter that is the 3b podcast right is it 3b or b3 uh i think we wanted to go instead of 3d 3b 3b okay so the 3b podcast i am Jay kamikaze here with my ever famous tag team host pat wick pat wick say what's up Because we are on a rain delay or a sheep delay. We are on a sheep delay. So by we won't delay that real quick. We'll get that out of the way here. You know, if you see a black sheep out there, please. I had a little lamb and we lost our black sheep. You know, I'm going to probably call Mary. <laughs> she probably got our sheep. She probably got our sheep. I'm trying to make more lambs. <laughs> but anyways, we're here to give you the dose of sports this Sunday. Yes, um, after a week away. Um, a very enjoyable week by that, okay. you know, uh, so, happy Mother's Day for those of us that were wondering <coughs> what we were doing. We were enjoying the women in our life, our, uh, our mothers, our mother-in-laws, and our wives. Yeah, that's what we did. So, no show last week. I hope you guys contained yourselves enough. You know, until we can hey, come back this pretty Sunday. consistent. You gotta, you gotta give us a break every now and again, motherfuckers. You know, I'm just saying, you know, when it comes to the holidays, you know, we got family too, you know, and it gets to a point where, you know, you gotta... Prioritize. You gotta prioritize. And But Ew! they gave us an opportunity to save some news for today. Absolutely. Which should give us a, health, a lot of healthy conversation 
Um, with the being just wicking us, we're wicking Kamikaze. I'm probably we're probably gonna end up on a couple of rabbit holes. So yeah, strap on, enjoy the ride. The first thing I want to talk about is going to be my uh, least important sport in my life right now, and that is basketball. Again, I have no horse in these races, so. I don't really care who's, who wins. I just didn't want Utah to have success, and I didn't want Dallas to have success. So, well, uh, what I can say, that. what I can say honestly, what dis- disappointed me was the whole Memphis Grizzlies John Moran thing. Because you know, maybe some people didn't see Kamikaze, but I saw a team that was at times on the verge of upsetting. Because a lot of people had Golden State winning this. I had him winning the West all year. Winning this division as well as the Western Conference, correct, Kamikaze. But what I saw in Game 1 was a continuation of what I saw in Game 3. And then what I saw without Jay Morant. Ja Morant. Ja Morant. Yeah, they won one without Ja, didn't they? Without Ja. So it tells me... They blew the Warriors out without Ja, didn't he? Yes, they did, Kamikaze. Yes, they did. And, and that's my and that was my biggest surprise going into this next round. You know, obviously Golden State is who they are. Clay Thompson, you know, who has been off and on as of lately has come on, has been that extra kick they've needed. No, no, no. Clay Thompson is not the extra kick. Clay Thompson is the Warriors, bro. I'm telling y'all, people put the focus on Steph. They put the focus on Dre. You know, and they both are great players at what they do. But Clay is the glue that gets them where they need to go every time. If he's not on, they don't have success. So the fact that he is on just means that, bro, the Warriors are the most dangerous teams in these play left in these playoffs right now. Well, you're seeing a lot of teams now with the 76ers now gone. Yeah, which we knew the process wouldn't last that long. What we say, I, what I tell y'all about Tobias Harris, when you remember when we were, when we was thinking about, when the Lakers were thinking about Tobias Harris, remember what I said? What'd you say? Tobias Harris is, is, is a flop in the playoffs. Once you get to the second round and face the real competition, Tobias Harris will not show up. What happened? Tobias Harris carried them. To a four-two uh, series win on against Toronto, right? But and without Fred VanVleet for some of that game, without Fred VanVleet playing his type of ball, you feel me? So when you ain't got Freddie, Freddie on Toronto ain't really got a chance anyway. But then you get to round two, and Philly get worked by Miami right. because Embiid's hurt, and and we knew Embiid was gonna be hurt at this point. You know, if not hurt, dealing with a nagging little pesky injury or something like that because that's Joel Embiid. And he need another guy out there that can fucking pick up the slack when he's in this situation. And I said, I don't want Tobias Harris on my Lakers because he's just not that guy. Well, let me bring this thing back a little bit. You touched on Joel Embiid once again being hurt. Which, we, he, which we anticipated. Is he at this point... Is he just damaged goods, Kamikaze? Yes. Because yes. Yes. He I mean, you can win a championship with him. Because even hurt, know? even hurt, he can still get you a triple double. He, ain't, he just ain't gonna get. He just ain't gonna score while he's hurt. You feel me? That's why you need another scorer out there. If you give him a Clay Thompson or a Chris Middleton, 
They had yeah. they had another score at one time, Kamikaze. They had a Jimmy Butler. Uh, Jimmy Butler's not a score in my in my not a, not a consistent score in my eyes. I love Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's one of my favorite players in the league, and it's because of his attitude. But he's not a consistent scorer. I'm gonna play you a clip, Kamikaze, of Jimmy Butler coming off the floor after eliminating the Seventy Sixers. Okay. The floor is yours. <laughs> Now, obviously... I feel the same way. <laughs> you gotta feel that because Jimmy coming the way he has from Chicago to the Timberwolves, to the 76ers, now to the Heat organization, he's been passed around. So for them, for him to pass the said team that passed on him, you know, when he was supposed to be the quote unquote one of the pieces of a process because I remember in free agency when they acquired Jimmy you know what they were gonna do um with Jimmy but obviously they felt like they had <coughs> gone for him. Jimmy's gone on to the next level with the Miami Heat. They're on to the next round as far as I'm concerned. So but if I'm the 76ers at at this point, at this point, it, it's one of those things where you've got to look at yourself and say, we got a potential superstar in Maxi. We've got a potential superstar in Maxi. As far as everybody else, everybody else is available. Because at this point, what do you have? You have an aging James Harden, which... I still don't understand how they cultivated that trade and why they made that trade seem sexy because James Harden wasn't able to carry the Nets last year, let alone the 76ers this year. Yeah, but James, at least James Harden's suiting up. You know, what they gave away to get James Harden. But, and Minus I mean, Seth Curry, like, do we want any of those players on the Lakers? But no, I, I want to I stay with this 76ers point is that they've... they've They've given away Kamikaze at least two of their former first-round draft picks now with Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz. Yes. They've kept one of their first-round draft picks, and Joel, Embiid. Joel Embiid, and I believe Maxie was their, their last year's first-round okay, draft. Maxie, yeah, I forgot about him. But so like besides that, Kamikaze, you've got to be willing to blow this up. At this point in Joel Embiid's career, you're probably going to get the best – value for him right. because you don't know down the road it, it was a uh a, a thumb an orbital bone it was a combination of injuries right that he accumulated over time and it seems to be the same story over and over and we've talked about the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expect a different outcome i i don't know what you would expect you know there's a utah jazz team that that possibly could be looking for a big man possibility Joe and B with Donovan Mitchell seems to be plausible considering what Utah might have for the 76ers. But, you know, that was just a shot in the dark. Um, to me, you've got to blow the 76ers team up. You, you've gotten rid of your shooters. Uh, Green was injured, I believe, 
towards the last game and was done Danny for, Green? Yeah. Same Danny Green that couldn't make a shot for us in the playoffs? That is correct. Yeah, I'm not considering him as a guy. So with your contracts you have existing, you have your Tobias Harris contracts, you have what you have for Joel Embiid now, which would be probably a bargain. So, I, I don't know. I look at this and I, and I see another opportunity here for some movement in the NBA as well as what we talked about with Utah. What are you going to do with Utah? Are you going to get rid of Rudy? Are you going to get rid of Donovan? You know, same thing in Denver. You've got your centerpiece with Jokic, but you found that your other pieces can't stay healthy enough to contribute. And yet you still have the problem. You know, Warriors are lucky. They're coming off of injuries. They're coming back into it. You know, Memphis, I, I can't tell you for, for honest that this didn't wasn't going to go seven if they would have had a job. It probably wasn't going seven with, with Ja. Oh, <laughs> bro, I love Ja too, bro. But I think you, I think you're, 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 you're underestimating uh, the impact that being a young team has on your playoff, you know, implications, bro. Like, they are a young, up-and-coming, great team, and we're going to see them compete for championships if they can keep this together. But as of right now, they are too young to be ready for this moment. They were never going to get past six games with the Warriors. I'm surprised that without Jai, Jai, they was able to get to six games with the Warriors. Like, this wasn't going seven. It just wasn't happening, you know. So let's shift gears a little bit. Let, let's re reshuffle the deck, so to speak, here. So we'll stay in the NBA, but I want to <laughs> Earlier this week, uh, I f I'm not in a present form right now to remember his first name, but we'll call him Joker. Big Nicole, man. Nicole. Yes. Won his second straight MVP. On a much more statted, improved season, in your opinion, Kamakot. No, if you look at his stats, he was top 10 in assist. He was averaging about 27 to 29 points a game. Now, this is averaging. This isn't every night. Right. You know, know. a couple with 8 to 10 rebounds included with that. If you look at the stats, not to mention, I think what was very sexy for vote givers for him was that the fact that as a big man, he was top 10 in assist. Yeah, I mean, so, which is pretty good. But when Donovan Mitchell missing like 30 games, then he ain't got no choice but to do things like that. So, I mean, some of his numbers are going to be inflated because his usage was up for for a uh, third of the season, I want to say, you know. So, so. Th th this goes to my point. Who else do you think, if you don't feel like I feel about Joker winning a second straight, I mean, which I don't think he should have. Let me put that out there. I don't feel like he should have. You know, you have two comparable people with, with Joel and Ja Morant that did tremendous things in what? This is Ja's what? Ja Morant should have been an MVP. This is Ja's year two? Year three. Year three. Ja Morant should have been an MVP. And, and, and I'm looking at this like what are, what are we comparing MVP to? MVP is the player on the highest performance team that the critics like the most during that time. And exactly. Why they finished six seed, so I don't even know how, like, 
Yoke. where Memphis was the highest seed it's ever been, I believe, in a, Western, in a Western Conference. They were too. And if I'm giving anybody MVP outside of Jai, it's probably somebody from Phoenix. You feel me? So, like, Devin Booker could have been MVP easily, you know? I can look at... Say what? Uh, let me see. Who else do, can I Well, see? obviously, that's my point, is that we're I looking look at... I can over here in Miami, bro. Uh, Jimmy Butler. Could have been MVP. Never was know? never was talking yeah. about for a majority of the season. And look at Boston. Jason Tatum. Could Jason, have been, Jason Tatum MVP. was the guy that I looked at that is another one of these young superstars that is ready to hit another level. Yeah. You're seeing him yeah. develop oh, he over got a Kobe this. Gear. He got a Kobe game. He's going to oh, hit that yeah. pretty soon. I was going to say, a la Kobe Bryant, that's the game that I'm seeing him hit the most when it comes to these clutch games. Yeah. The kid seems like he's unconscious, Kamikaze. Mm-hmm. He really does. It doesn't even he's seem... He's in his motherfucking bag. It doesn't even, seem, doesn't even seem like he's awake. He could have been MVP. Like, easily. Would have... Nicole Jokic, nah. I, I, I mean, I like the guy. You know? Um, Denver's a good team. They're, they're constantly good. But... Come on now. So was I this... I said Donovan Mitchell uh, Jamal Murray, by the way. Yeah, you... Yeah, you said Donovan. Yeah, I mean, Murray. Yeah, I know what you meant. But uh, was this so? This is so for to to you, Kamikaze. Was this a whiff on the NBA? Um, you know, but or, it's been that way for a while now with, with with these awards because most improved player. Like I don't think Jai improved. Jai has been consistently good at basketball since he came in. Yes. You're going to have a slight improvement each year if you're a good basketball player. That's just how it is. Right. You know, until you start to, you know, hit your peak and then you start to go down. But he he's just going to get better every year. So are we going to give him this award every year? You know, until he until he's leading the league and everything, bro. Like, he lit, single-handedly carried a young team to the second-best conf- uh, record in the Western Conference, bro. Against some... High powered teams against, against your, same D, against your Phoenix, against right. your, against well, your Phoenix goal, was one, right? Was one, I believe. You're yeah, right. so Phoenix, don't so count, against but your Golden State, State, against your Dallas Mavericks, right. you know, against your Denver's or Utah's, right? Right. Um, I saw Jaw not only make himself better, but make his team, team right, better. and that's what the MVP award should be. It was my point there, Kamikaze. And that's the insult of the NBA. I think, you know, so many people are not focused on what the right choice is, but more of what a statistical choice it should be. And I feel like NBA gets it wrong. (laughs) Sorry, Nuba. You know who I think should have been most improved player? Jordan Poole. In, In Golden State, bro. Because while they were waiting on Clay, he was Clay. You know? And even in some games when Clay was there, like, he was still going ham. Jordan Poole should have been most improved player. I 100% agree with Draymond Green on that. It definitely wasn't Zion, uh, Zion Williams. <laughs> uh, bro, we traded Zion for Anthony Davis, bro. I don't think either team won this trade. 
You know, the fact that they got Brandon Ingram out of the deal probably makes means they won the, won the trade. No, 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 no. We won the trade. Oh, because we got a championship. We got the we got the dub. We got a ring. We yeah. got a ring. We got technically <laughs> what we over like we got a great shirt, but we just overpaid Paid like a motherfucker. It. Right. Like we still pimp it. It's a nice shirt, but and at one but time, it was it's so sh- it, it's so nice that it just got to hang in the closet. Right. It just like, hangs in the And that's what it does right now. It just hangs in the closet. It just put, has street yeah. clothes on, and it just passes out towels and, you know, makes sure. But at one point, it was a great party goal. It was a great part of your outfit. It was a great part of your accessory. When you wore that shirt, you know, man, I'm going to shine yeah. today. You got new rings, you know. Right. But we got, we got a new ring. We got a new banner. So you're right. Yeah, you're right. I so we, we won, won that trade. trade. I mean, Zion. In the show, <laughs> I'm glad but, we ain't fucking reached for his ass. But but then you get into the question, Kamikaze. Long term, short term, what is better to gain from? We obviously we earned in the short term. We earned in the short term, but now going into our long term, not looking so positive on our prospects. Now we're selling on you know 2026. Or 2024 is when we get our next first round draft yeah. pick. I don't even know now because I don't know what we fucking gave up for Russell Westbrook, man. I'm so confused about where we'll be drafting. <laughs> I don't even think the Lakers <laughs> believe that they can draft because, like, at this point, I, I like I'm just riding the wave. You feel me? Basketball will be fun for me when it's fun for me, and then when we are in the playoffs the next three years. At least we won a championship. <laughs> I mean, that's really what you got to hang your hat on, man, is that the fact that we, even though we're battling now, at the end of the day, we could say, hey, we won a championship. We won our championship. We It was, you know, and people could say, oh, it was the bubble. It was under Everybody the... had the same exactly. situation that we had going into the bubble. And, and and I always say, you know, and, and you can put an asterisk on that championship if you want. It's still a championship. It's I'm still a championship. You feel me? Because even I put an asterisk on that championship because I firmly believe that if we did not have that stoppage in play, Anthony Davis would not have been healthy. You know, I firmly believe it. And do I give a fuck? No. Because there was other players around the league that was freaking hurt too. And they got a chance to heal up just like AD did. So, hey. We still can Bubble Put your asterisk on it if you want. I put an asterisk on it myself. <laughs> you mad, that. bro? Uh, you mad, bro? No, good point there. Um, but, God, what are we talking about? I don't know. I warned them. I said rabbit holes. No, right. <laughs> I said they were coming. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, we're on a 24-hour Black Sheep Watch. Right. Call your local Humane Society. If you've seen a black sheep, please report it. Right. You know, he surely is missed sometimes, but, you know. Yeah, this for is now, his segment. He's supposed to be dominating this conversation. For now, he's... You're fired! Right. All right, so we do need to address that uh, the Western Conference Finals will feature the Golden State Warriors and either the Dallas Mavericks or the Phoenix Suns. Please let it be Phoenix. <laughs> I think if you're a Vegas or a betting guy, you know, Sun should be your pick here, I think. Right. right. But if I'm going to bet on this game, I'm probably going to pick and bet on Dallas because you'd get the higher payout would be on Dallas. Do, defensively, we've seen games where Dallas has been able to really 
clamp down. Clamp down on certain, you know. It's because Luca's a fucking crybaby. He always gets the refs on his side. Yeah, but isn't there always one kamikaze? I mean, I don't care if you cry, but the problem with Luca crying is the same motherfuckers that like Luca be find, trying to shit on LeBron James because he cries a lot. You feel me? So I feel like he's not <laughs> howling the same standard of greatness as LeBron has to be held in. You feel me? And that's my problem because fuck him. He's soft as a fucking warm Twinkie. Fuck Man. I could have really had that sensor button ready to go. Man, I ain't say the N word. I just say fuck Luca. <laughs> But I mean, it it should give us the finals that we want. Obviously, the Suns and the Warriors. But if somehow the Dallas Mavericks, I'm still not gonna be disappointed. I mean, do we really I, care I, at this point? I mean, when my when my, when my team's not in the race, I'm rooting for good basketball. On the off chance I have to watch a basketball game, you know, right now my schedule is packed with baseball <laughs> and other important shit. So fuck the NBA playoffs until the finals. You feel me? Right, because then at that point you're getting quality. You you know what the two best teams are. You're getting quality you know, uh, you're play. Quality Not to mention, but that, no, no cat, bro. That Memphis, uh, Minnesota series that was great basketball. Well, it wasn't great basketball on both sides, but it was fun games to watch because Memphis had lead. I mean, Minnesota had leads in a lot of those games, and Memphis came back. And I think that's what led you to believe that Memphis was just that type of team. But that just shows you that Minnesota and everything that Jimmy Butler said about Carl Anthony Towns as a leader is true. Because there were too many blown fourth quarter leads there. You you can't be up 25 points in the fourth quarter. That was the Lakers all season. What I saw was, and, I, and I'll repeat it, one layup away in game one from one. Take the Warriors? Yeah. Game two we take. And then after that, it's a back and forth, and obviously, we... Is it really a back and forth when you only go six? The Warriors had to win two straight at one point. At well, least. I mean, it's just that we... So after win, that first we, win, the Warriors after, won two straight, just say it. Yeah, okay, but then you had the guys come back without Jaw, and then you figure if, if, we, if we can just... They were playing whoop that trick. Early in the fourth quarter. You give That's me how bad a full arsenal that they had, I tell you, it would be... Seven games. It would be seven games. Man, love some some Memphis. I guess he, we're going to be Memphis fans next year when the Lakers up. Because we ain't going to nah, get rid of Russell nah, Westbrook. Nah. I'm going to wait for Jaw to, to hit, you know, nah, after his first that. Supermax. And then I'm going to get him on the Lakers. I wish. <laughs> Dreaming. <laughs> yeah. And then the Eastern Conference Finals will feature the Miami Heat and either the Milwaukee Bucks or the Boston Celtics. Now, I'm going to go ahead and pull my white card here. Um, but <laughs> selfishly, I want the Celtics in this one. So they can win the first ever. So we can have the first ever Larry Bird Award a winner be from Boston. It, it wouldn't hurt, would it? That would be poetic justice. The only thing that's running is that the Lakers are not in the Western Conference Finals to get the Magic Johnson Johnson. and and kudos uh, for the NBA for changing those trophies. (laughs) Do 
you didn't get an award. There was no Western. There's no conference finals MVPs before. This oh, well, I, okay. Well, then creating this. Then creating this. They changed the Larry O'Brien trophy a little bit. They redesigned that. Um, and they redesigned the, um, the conference championship for the team trophies. And then they redesigned the, uh, Kobe, well, no, the Kobe Bryant award is the, uh, MVP of the All-Star game. Right. The Bill Russell award is the MVP of the finals, right? I think yes. so. Yes, 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 Because Bill Russell... 11 finals in 13 years. And then I'll, I'll go on a bold statement here. I think when Jerry West passes, we'll see a new logo. A new logo? For the NBA. You think Jerry West going to be the logo? No, he's, they're going to change the... That's Jerry West. Jerry on, West is the logo, right? Right, so they're going to change it. And who is going to change it? It's going to be Kobe Bryant, of course. It, it should be Kobe Bryant today. Kobe Bryant's already gone. Well, I was... You know what's crazy, bro? His entire career, bro, I hated Kobe. Well, not his entire career. But his career after he got rid of Shaq. Why did you Kobe hate him, though? Because he got rid of Shaq. Shaq was my favorite Laker. He called when out Shaq. Shaq got... Fields got hurt. When I was a kid, Shaq was my favorite Shaq player. Shaq was gone so to I me. Sided, I sided with Shaq. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I was a big Shaq supporter. But when you're getting called out by the young cat that's telling you, hey, man, just, just work, work out. Harder. Just work harder. Yeah. Work, work out and, a little and bit. And back then, as a kid, you don't get that aspect of it. You feel me? But as I grow up, I, I, I kind of understand that, well, that's that mentality is what made Kobe great. That's what brought the Lakers five championships in his tenure. You know, so. And then you got you to gotta look. I mean, it did sort of work out a little better for the Lakers. Yeah. They win two when championships I was... without Shaq. He wins one no, without them. No, they won two. Oh, yeah, they did win two. They, they won three with Shaq and then two, two other ones without him. Yeah, you're right. With Powell. With Powell. Yeah, but, like, it wasn't until I fucking, until after his career I was able to fucking put that away. In perspective. Because I saw the interview where him and Shaq was like, all right, we, we still brothers, you know. So yeah. Like, anybody to think, you know, so... And it's then, a competitive not edge. After that, the motherfucker dies. <laughs> it's a competitive edge that I think you need. I mean, you saw yeah. that with Michael Jordan. You, you can't be so friends that's with what anybody. Had me, that's what had me, you know, feeling like a champion. You know, a couple extra times even after Shaq was gone. You know, so, I mean, I was ungrateful for it. So, I would always, like, like all right, no, Derek Fish is my favorite player. Shannon Brown's my favorite player. Fish, <laughs> like, can, Fish can be your favorite player. But I'm just saying, for a guy that... Knew he was great and was able to, when he wanted to, serve you up a moment. You know, even when he retired and I thought, you know, 20, 30 point game's good. No. Shaq's like, hey, why don't you go for 60? Yeah. And he says, why not? Mm-hmm. And that's... Get you 61 out There's nothing else to prove. I mean, you're a Laker great. You're right up there with Magic Johnson with five championships. There's nothing else that compares you. You're going to have an amazing after career. Well, you think you're going to have Well, we, we thought at the time, right? Yeah. And you so, don't have any after career. But then you, then you combine, you know, obviously the, the dunk contest, the, the three championships with Shaq, the two others without him. The one of those the championships being against the Celtics. <coughs> Continuing that legacy that... Shaq and him didn't get to experience because none of those championships they won were against the Celtics. Kobe actually got to experience that. Not to mention yeah. how many guys that he took Shaq under Shaq got him. to beat the Celtics to go to the finals, though. 
No, that's right. I agree. <laughs> I agree. But but then you see his lasting effect on players that he not necessarily tutelage, but brought under his wing. You know, expressed himself as far as respect for their Devin game. Booker, Jason Tatum. Right, and, and kind of sort of got those guys figuring. Okay, well, this guy recognizes something in me. I'm going to be that person that Kobe knows I can be. And that's what greatness is for me. Yeah. You're taking people that may, may necessarily not know they're great and making them greater. Right. But back to Boston, Miami. Uh, this one's tough for me. I mean, Boston, Milwaukee, I'm sorry. Uh, this, one's, um, this one should be Miami. I think if you look at... Milwaukee. It's Boston, Mil- Milwaukee. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Game seven. This should be Boston to me. You lose Chris Middleton, which at the time he was like the best fourth he's quarter. He's their best fourth fourth quarter scorer for them. You lose them, not to mention the added. Um, I'm trying to think of the word. The way Miami's feeling right now, the way they're playing right now, they're they're up to a task. Their role players are Miami, getting... Miami, it's game seven between Milwaukee and Boston that we're talking about. Oh, you keep Jesus talking Christ. about Miami. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't like Milwaukee's chances Boston. <laughs> Point being, it's going to be Boston because he, don't even, he won't even acknowledge that Milwaukee <laughs> is competing in this shit. <laughs> it's just going to be Boston. <laughs> Well, I mean, don't wrong. Milwaukee oh, is this is this is gonna be in Milwaukee, right? Uh, game seven. It's probably gonna be in Boston. It's gonna okay. So it's in Boston. They have the home court. I have to go Boston on this. I, I just have to. I don't really have a reason, Kamikaze. I'm good with you going Boston. I'm I'm I, I I'm going Boston on this one too. I just don't know how Miami factors into it until one of these teams win this game. <laughs> What you're going to get is uh, Pat Wick watching a couple more Eastern Conference games is what you're going to get if you have a Boston-Miami series. Yeah, that's going to be great. But Phoenix and Golden State or Dallas and Golden State would be great too. Either one of those teams would be great. Well, that's the second part of the playoffs, which has been a conundrum now for the the playoffs. Now that Joel, Joel Embiid's tires have fell off, which they, we knew they were. When is Chris Paul's going to fall off? <laughs> Same question I have. You, that's why you can pencil Golden State into the finals because I don't think Dallas can compete with Golden State uh, because I don't give a fuck how good of a defender you are. You can't stop that shooting. When do you as a player, and obviously we're not at that level of playing, but when do you just accept it? Because... Joel and B now, this has been his song and dance. Oh my god, you really about to rag on this man again. <laughs> but the same thing with Chris Paul. Chris Paul as part as far as the um upper structure of veteran players in the NBA, he's one of the best. He's Until one of the best. He's it highly matters the most, then he's hurt. Right. Whenever they did the whole black suit speech with the three indicated players that were chosen, he was one of them. So it's it's he's he's looked at like a guy that should have a ring. I don't want him to be this generation's Charles Barkley, so I'm hoping somehow down the road he can get it, whether it's this year or next year, however long he wants to stay in the league for. But I just don't want to see him have to get it off the bench 
for as a role playing role off someone else's team to get it. I want him to win it while he's a starter, while he's in his prime, and not be a, a Gary Payton or one of these yeah, guys. Like can type guy. Right, because I, it 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 just loses a little bit of flavor. These stories in the NBA have a way of of finding you know happy endings most of the time for players or situations, and I want this to be a happy ending for Chris Paul. Well, good luck, Chris Paul. Um, but um, yeah. So either way you get it, we should. Uh, we should. It should be shape up to be a great matchup between any of the two game seven and winners. Um, that pop up in the current um, conference finals uh, competitors that are sitting there already. Um, and then that should make for a great finals because the winner of those two teams will no doubtably be the best two teams in their conference because the playoff brackets were tough this year. And I don't know, you know. But what's tough is gauging from game to game who's really going to show up, Colin Cow. That's yeah. my biggest decision because you're getting teams that are not – I don't know if they have a killer instinct or they or these teams are just so balanced to where no one can really get an edge. But it, it, it's it's been a complex – Playoff series to 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 dictate Kamikaze. I'll right. tell you that much. That's because the Lakers ain't. Yeah. It's easy when you can just say the Lakers in five every time. <laughs> it's easy when you can just say the Lakers in five every time. Lakers in five every time. All yeah. right. So let's pivot away from the NBA and their playoffs. All right. Good luck to the Game Seven competitors who will be playing whenever they're playing. I probably will be watching baseball instead. Right. Um, and welcome to baseball. Say what? All right. Well, the news I have for you, Kamikaze, isn't necessarily great news, but you have great news, and I have disappointing news. Well, I'm going to start off with some good news. So go ahead and hit me with some good news. First of all, Red Sox stole a game against the fucking world champs. Yes, they did. And although we lost the, the game right after that, I'm still going to celebrate that shit. So the Red Sox beat the champs! Yes, we did that. And now we're, we're going to win our second series of the season against the Rangers. We've been hitting a lot better. You know, even before this series, you know, we've been hitting a lot better as far as the team throughout this stretch. Um, we've gotten, what was that, 11, no, no, 9 or 7 homers in 11 or 13 games. That is correct. Like that. that is correct. So, yeah, um, JD's on a 15-game hit streak, which is awesome. Which... Mm. We'll make a point when we get to it, but I like the fact that you're keeping an eye on JD. Trey Bait. So, um, everything's playing out the way I'm expecting it to be. You know, early in this season, we, we talked about how the first few games were going to be our spring training. Um, it's looking, it appears, I hope we can stay consistent enough at bats. Um, where we start to see a upward trajectory into our win percentage. Um, but 
Pat would go ahead and hit him with the bad news that's about that. <laughs> if there's someone that was to play the villain, it would be the Pat Wick. Now, unfortunately, I have to give you this very bad news about the Red Sox, which are currently 13 and 20, 11 games back from first. We are 4 and 9 at home, 9 and 11 away. Runs scored were 125th, which is fourth in our division. Bogarts, of course, has been one of the standouts with Devers and a few other guys in the Red Sox organization when it comes to averages. Bogarts is hitting 344, Devers, six home runs and 18 RBIs. And and I'm bringing up this point of this negativity, not to mention uh, Michael Waka with three uh, with three wins so far. He's the leading win getter. Uh, Nathan Avaldi, best average and strikeouts, 315. Kamikaze with 42 strikeouts. Now, I'm saying all this for a reason. I'm not just trying to dog out my team or anything like that. Boy, my point was, Kamikaze, is that we're 11 games out. Yes, we are far away from July, which would be our all-star game trading deadline kind of scenario. Right, 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 right. So I'm looking at all this, and I'm trying to process. We've had gotten reports that Rafi, I'm sorry, with Xander Bogarts and the Red Sox not necessarily agreeing with much and the fact that sources have said kamikaze that Xander Bogarts will not be re-signing. He will be not using his option, not be coming back. So it begs to differ. At some point, kamikaze, we have to talk about it, and I feel like we should talk about it. Um, well... I don't think right now is the time to talk about it. Because like you said, the time to make that move is not even near us yet. We're about a month away from when we need to start talking about moving off of Xander. But it's what we need to do. And when we need to have that conversation, we can have that conversation. And the reason why I bring it up, Kamikaze, is, is I want us with the acquisitions that we have to acquire the pieces we'll need for future endeavors when it comes to winning World Series. Right. Now, we know Xander's going to be leaving. We need to, at this point, put some bait out there and find out who is willing and who is interested. Keep it simmering on the, on, on the, on the stove, for on low for a little bit. And see what develops when it comes to this. And, not to mention, with JD on the streak that he is, with him being an optional player as well coming up, could be another guy to throw in for another acquisition of prospects. And you're looking at a team that, when it comes to next year, and we have to sign said Rafael Devers, we're looking at what we have in prospects. Now we've got the now we're the team with prospects, Kamikaze, and right. we're making those deals or we're getting a new ace. Right. Or a serviceable one, two, to three 
level pitcher, depending on where you want him in the rotation with Nathan Avaldi and possibly Chris Sales. I don't know. But I want to be a team now that, that that's Chris looked Sales. at like, you know, a, a Toronto or some team that has a, a young prospects that you're seeing coming through and really doing a lot for an organization. You know, I want to be this two year, one year. I want to know that these guys are going to be with our organization for a while. Xander has expressed, obviously we've heard about it. Let's pull the trigger and let's get something cooking. Maybe not right now to serve, but eventually we've got to serve them up something. Yeah. All I'm saying is, Comic-Con, let's be ahead of the ball instead of behind the ball. For right. once. For once as an organization. You know, we actually have things that people, teams could want, players, teams could want. Let's rape those teams. Sorry for the terminology. I apologize. Say what? Let's let's rob from those teams their prospects that we once had, and let's become the team that we should always be a rich prospect farm system where you plug and play when you need to, and that's Red Sox baseball. Now you can speak your piece on that if you want to. <laughs> All right, I 100% agree with a lot of that, um, mostly all of it. I just don't think we got to be weary and dreary this early into the season. Um, but Xander's on his way out the door, and that's no secret. We got to get something for him. We cannot let this man walk for nothing because he's too great of a player to have him walk and go be happy somewhere else and us be standing here empty-handed. It it would if we commented on this before the show, Kamikaze. It would be a lot easier to to pull the trigger and pull this bandaid off for Xander if we knew we had already acquired Buki Betts, right? Because then this Trevor Story thing would make complete sense. Because as you've told me and as I've told you, Buki Betts can play second base. Great second baseman, too. And if it came to a thing where we're going to acquire Trevor Story for a cheaper price... Let's go White Sox today. Let's go White Sox today? Yes, we need them to beat the Yankees. We need someone to beat the Yankees. I mean, geez. I feel like I'm in the mid-90s to late-90s all over again. batting average is 700. Whose is? The Yankees. Jesus Christ. Oh, no, that's their win percentage. Uh... Jesus and Mother Mary in heaven, please send me down a savior to help me we old Red Sox win some more games. All right. Well, I could spill much more crap to you about baseball when it comes to that, but... But, um, I do want to talk about, uh, this game... Today at 2.35. Who's on the mound? Who is on the motherfucking mound? Because last night, Rich Hill gave me a fantastic performance. Right. And I have to agree with Kamikaze that our run production in this Rangers series has been what we needed it to to be. You're scoring six runs or more. Our pitching and our bullpen are holding up. Yes, we're giving late runs, which is why we've always stressed the fact of getting 
higher volume runs early on. So when we do fix, fix this bullpen issue that we seem to have, which can be can come back to bite us in the ass, Kamikaze, when it comes to the playoff time, if and can we can reach it, being that we're 11 games back from first place in our division. Right, 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 right. Just give me a couple seconds here to get this pulled up. We're talking about everything else. But, are we on? Yeah, we're still on. Okay. But, now with the Tyler Hooch. <laughs> Tanner Houch. Tanner Houch. And now with our appreciation of Soggy Bottoms. I, I, don't speak for me. Oh, come on. Don't speak for me. We de- we even said it. We hate to say it, but we, we said it. That he's been one of our best he, middle I reliever mean, guys. In our bullpen so far this year. But my problem is, every time I start to praise a guy, they start to fuck up. So, we're going to keep on. Verdugo's goes back today. Verdugo's goes back today. Yeah. Um, he was there yesterday, wasn't he? No, he was not. This year, Remember Friday he hurt himself? Oh, that's right. Off he his foot. He hit his foot. Trying to find a lineup today, but it won't even open that shit. You want me to give you a lineup, buddy? No, I don't have it right off the rip. Oh, I got it. But I can find it for you. I'm great at finding it. <laughs> That's my wife. Huh. Uh, speaking of my wife, she's blessed us on her first day of her birthday week. And by rolling a blunt, what? Man. Austin Davis is on the mound today. It's going to be a bullpen effort. Oh, man. You know, I get giving guys rest, but that's why you have a five-six man rotation. <coughs> we don't have a five-six man rotation. Well, you know what? That's a we do have a five-six man rotation. Actually, we have Nathan Navali, Garrett Whitlock, Rich Hill, Nick Pavetta, and Michael Walker. That's five. So six would be Chris Sale. If he was available. If he was available. Yeah, well, we used a bullpen effort against the White Sox when Michael Walker went down too, so um Well, I mean if you're getting I mean am I getting Garrett Whitlock today, is that what you're telling me? No. We are getting Austin Davis to start. Garrett Whitlock is a starting pitcher. He needs his rest. He just pitched uh, the Braves game. Whitlock was supposed to... No, he wasn't supposed to play one of these games. He was supposed to start that Braves game. He played last... He played Tuesday, so yeah, I don't expect him to play on a Sunday. Oh. So yeah. Um, but... I think... If our bats stay hot, we can win this game. Even if we allow a lot of runs. Because I, I, I don't expect him to get less than five runs off our bullpen. Once we figure out this uh, lineup concern or issue or whatever it could be, I just want a set lineup, obviously. You know, we've experimented with a couple different lineups this year. Obviously, I want to have a set lineup, so I... Kike needs to be our leadoff batter. I don't... Unless you keep the Frenchie around for the long term, we have no better option than Kike. You can stop with the Trevor Story shit because I need him where he's at. 
Yeah, but Frenchie's gotten at least two hits the last two games for us. And Frenchie's also our best uh, pitch taker and, for, and on base percentage for walks outside of Kike. So I'm saying, if you don't want to keep Kike there, the only other guy you're putting there is Frenchie. Because a leadoff walk changes a lot for fucking teams. And Kike and Frenchie are the best on our team at that. You know, it's, 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 I just found myself just now, Kamikaze, being frustrated because I want to see the guys coming up through Pawtucket and Wachester and, you know, Portland. I want to see these guys start coming up. Our Jared, Duran, you know, you know, I want to see these guys start coming up and start participating because that's when we have, our, I feel like, our, our, our greatest connection when we have an upcomer with, with our veterans. And it, right, it gives us a spark. And I feel like that's all we need this year, Colin. See, and I felt like a lot, a lot of the season last year, that's what Bobby was for us. And, You're and right. Bobby hasn't been that for us this year. What? So we need another guy to come in, you know, to keep being giving us that. But I don't want Bobby moved from first base. So, like, I don't want him... Well, there's flirtations around about it, an up-and-coming first baseman. Yeah, I keep hearing about that shit, too. Right, but as far as Bobby is concerned, uh, up until, you know, Bobby gets hurt. He's smart, and he makes a lot of plays that should be errors for us on on that first base that Kyle Schwarber was not making. That Kyle Schwarber. So, like, if the worst part of Bobby is that his bat's a little bit dry, which he's been hitting, too, lately, so... He has been coming through. But if his bat's a little bit dry, um, we keep Jackie around with the same problem for most of, mo- most of the time, you know, so... But like we talked about before this before the show, Jackie has been hitting better. He's been stringing these games in with, you know, yeah. one to two hits, a double here, a double there. That production, including with his outfield production... I, I like Probably that leads dynamic. The leads, the attempt, te- leads the team in defensive assist. And I, I think you, you, you want to include Hunter Renfro as far, as far as a spark last year. Yeah, Hunter was a spark for us. Because, because he would come in and just pound some balls, bro. And, <coughs> with Bobby, I think he is, is the conundrum that we're kind of in our Red Sox. With the Red Sox organization... I think he should be you hitting need, like Verdugo, but he's trying to hit. No, well, I mean, you want to see you you want to develop fast, and sometimes the players just can't develop fast enough. Right. And you know we saw a glimmer within a you know portion of the season for Bobby where you know we saw him hitting for contact. We saw when he was able to pull the ball and get comfortable with his swing. We just need him to get back. I don't want to pull the trigger on Bobby only because if we pull him and he becomes a better first base from someone else, now we're once again relegated to the same issue we always have. We're giving away our prospects, our future, for a a short-term solution, and now we're still considering what we want to do long-term. Yeah, I don't want to move off of Bobby either. I'm not a fan of that option. That's on the table. We need to take it off, throw it up, put it in trash, and talk about moving JD and Xander. You're out. All right. All right. So enough about the sadness. Um, I think our bullpen yeah. will win today. Um, I think our, our bats. Three game win. I think our bats come alive again today. They better. 
we we gonna need it. They got their best pitcher in Martin Perez, um, pitching tonight. Um, but he has a what? A two point two run two earned run average. You ain't seen the Red Sox, baby. Twenty six strikeouts. But he's one and two, so. Michael uh Rich Hill, uh Glenn Otto was their pitcher yesterday. Right. Uh he has a six earn run average, so we'll have to bring Martin's average up a little bit. So but I Challenge think we got the today to do that. We got Enrique Enrique leading it off. Can't call him Kike. Can't call him Kike till that bat get hot. Say what? Can't call him Kike till that bat get hot. We got Enrique. We got Rafi. We got JD. We got Xander. I don't know why JD is hitting before Xander in this situation. That does not make sense to me because Xander is using usually an automatic base. And this is the reason why he's... Uh, JD's not hitting with anybody on base because with, with I think we Devers saw, is either. I think we saw a glimmer of why, because we don't want Xander to run behind JD. We want him to be on base to run for JD, because if we we see much like we did yesterday, JD is not our fastest player. But that's what we have. We we still have Xander would be coming on base behind JD. Oh, I thought said you wanted to change it. I do want to change that. Right, and I'm agreeing with you. Oh, I thought you was di- I thought you was telling me why the lineup is the way it is. No, I'm sorry, I was. But it's not the way we want it. It's backwards. JD is hitting after Rafi, and then Xander's after JD. It should be the other way around. You know, JD should almost be our third hitter. You know, we should get a couple quick players. He is our third hitter. So, you're saying Rafi shouldn't be hitting second? No. That's what you're saying. I'm saying Verdugo should be hitting second. That is a great idea. Because if you give me Enrique and then you give me Alex, bro. Right. And then you let JD hit there. Right. And then you put Xander behind JD. Right. And then Rafi behind him at five. Right. Oh, my God. And you get Jackie behind him. And you get Christian and then whoever... Yeah, Christian. Oh, Arroyo's back today. Christian Arroyo's back today. I can't get excited. He's playing about right Christian. field. Oh, I can't either because it means no Jackie today. Right. Damn, I put on the right shirt then. You did put on the right shirt. <laughs> Jackie today. Right. Challenge accepted. So, yeah, there's no Jackie today. Uh, Kevin Ploiecki is going to catch <laughs> Catch our uh, bullpen today, and Bobby Bobby Dahlbeck's in at uh, first base. Yay, Bobby! Yeah. And Trevor Story should be hitting at the end somewhere. Like Trevor Story, where Trevor Story's at five, five is probably where Rafi should be at. And you move Trevor Story down to seven, where Alex is at, and then put Alex at two. Bro, that would be the perfect lineup. I'm gonna go. After the actual baseball game, I'm going to play a game with the lineup like that and see what, how, see what see happens, what man. See if it works for you. 
you know, because then you. after Trevor at seven, I got Bobby at eight and Kevin Ploiecki at nine. The back end of our lineup is usually always not that great, but it's usually it's okay. Uh, we stick Bobby somewhere in there, mix him with a Christian eight. Vasquez. That. We you know we we'll work out something. Ploiecki's at nine. He's the DH. No, he's not the DH. He's a catcher. <laughs> I love the designated hitter. <laughs> when you have guys out there not playing a position. Well, it's funny because for a while there, Kamikaze, you had two different leagues that didn't weren't able to use utilize it. You go. It's funny, Kamikaze, that both leagues weren't utilizing the DHF at one time. Yeah, I one time that. it was looked at or frowned upon, like, oh man, you're not gonna let your pitchers hit. They're the worst hitters in the league for a reason. They're pitchers, right? And it saves their arm. You know, if you want a two way player, you have a two way player. But not everybody is a two way player. And when you're a pitcher, you have to spend so much time training on that. How much time do you really have to work on hitting? You know, and and I think the idea back in the day was that pitchers should be able to recognize the pitches that are coming to them, so they shouldn't need much batting practice. Right. But you still got to understand your swing. You still got to understand how to pull it here, put it there. And with this all of this shifting shit, you know, like you got to understand, like, oh, that side of the field is not available to me. I need it to go this way, you know, so. Yeah, but that's the part of it, like you said, Kamikaze, that we're not able to acquire only because we're stressing so much about pitching. Pitching, right. And that's the great the, part like about the DH spot is gives you an opportunity to get somebody up there that maybe is on the tail end of their career and not the best runner or best, you know, defender, but they can hit. Get a guy like that, bro, and put him in your DH spot. Get your J.D. Martinez, and then he'll go on a 15-game history, you know? That's what I'm trying to sell the teams, buddy. <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm, That's exactly what we need to tell them when we, when we call man. them. Like, hey, look at get you a guy like JD. Man, I got this man, guy here. Get you, get you, what? You on a fifteen game here, history? A thirty game on base street? Right. What? Get you a JD. You right. need him. He's a DH man. You know, y'all, you got so many <laughs> prospects, man. Let me just get a couple. Let me just that's get why a couple. I had to say it like that, so the so the Red Sox know how to pitch. You know, pitch these trades. You know. You know, I just gotta go in there and say, hey man, I got this one cat. You know, he's bad. He's badass cat. You know, fifteen game hit streak. That could right. be yours. He got three homers. No, he got be... four homers during that hit streak, baby. At least could be yours, baby. Could be, could yours. be yours. Could be yours. He just got. He just. just he just... don't miss. <laughs> Say what? But that's crazy. He's on a 15 game history, but his on base on base game streak is double his history. Yes. It's not crazy. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what he did. That's J.D. Martinez. That's J.D. Martinez. Now, that only, is what you're paying for. <laughs> now, only problem I have with that is that it's not with more be- men on base. But th- the problem with that is the lineup. It's not. It, that, uh, that's actually not his fault. Because with with Kike on base, if Kike's on base, you feel me, and Rafi's up, Rafi's probably driving in Kike. Yeah. You feel me? And if he's driving in Kike, he probably hit a home run. So bases are empty when JD get there and 
if Kike ain't on base, nine times out of ten, if it ain't, you know, a double or a homer, it's a strikeout for Rafi. So, like... Well, you gotta. You, it's hard to get guys on base when you got swing when you got hitters in front of him. You, you see what I'm saying? You have to take the good with the bad with Rafi. He's gonna oh, give you. He's gonna give you. You know, he's gonna be top in RBIs in and baseball, top in home runs, and and you know, but he's gonna be t- top in strikeouts, right? Because he's a hitter, yeah. Right. And I love it. He's an aggressive style of hitter, which which comes with most. Which is going to keep his batting average somewhere player. around 300, right? Which I'm okay with that. You know, I'm not as long as you're not under 300. I'm not mad at you. Yeah. First just, of all. And I just wish I just wish the contract amount was under three hundred. Bro, you get what you pay for. I don't <coughs> no, want to. I get that, I, and I and I want to get what we pay for. So we're gonna get three. If we gotta pay you three hundred, bro, I want we're, 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 forty we're, home runs a year, bro. Like and, we're a and suspicious I think type there. of we're a suspicious type of organization where we overpaid for David Price. Look what we'll have on David Price. We overpaid okay, for Carl Chris. for Carl Crawford, you know, and and they just don't want to overpay for guys anymore. Uh, but not, these Alex, aren't these aren't hitters, offensive players. These are pitchers we overpay for in a heartbeat. Why? They're well because at that time we felt like we needed a big splash, and that's the big splash we got was mm-hmm. David Price. And then and then Chris Sale. And then Chris Sale was fine. David Price ain't teach you a lesson. David Price, <laughs> David Price, we won teach- with David Price though. Yeah, yeah, but with David Price, you that's you, why you they had they a could pitcher do it that was already in the league for so many years. So he kind of got what you paid for, right? He was overused by Tampa Bay already. So when he got to you, how much did you really think it was going to be worth? Right, and it wasn't but, for two hundred million. But but they still won with him in their rotation, and that was probably the issue with why they went and did what they did with Chris Hill. Uh, but I I don't I, like I'm just trying to justify making the same mistake twice. You feel me? Because why we won't pay hitters, we won't pay a a a a a, a consistent guy like Xander. Cause Xander's consistent every year. He right. he's gonna be a top five shortstop every single season. Right. Every single season. I agree. You know, and we won't pay him. You know, above market money. We paid Trevor Story a shortstop to play second base more money than we're giving Xander right now. Fuck the show because they made me made me hate Trevor Story even more. Now that I know he's making more than Xander. <laughs> I I I can't disagree with you, but. When it comes down to it, you put your eggs in the Trevor Story basket. You could have definitely put what you're paying Trevor with a little bit more for Xander, and you know you maybe would have come out. But and then we but, got but prospects is, that can is, play second base. I so agree. we did not need to bring a guy in to play second base for us. A short. We did not need to bring a shortstop in to play second base for a so, guy who had never played second base before. So what was the attraction to, to, to Trevor's story? Then? I have no idea. Yeah. Probably was his hit, hitting, but I guess they forgot. The motherfucking played in fucking Colorado, Colorado right. and uh, uh, altitude is going to help you hit these fucking balls out the fucking park. Bro. Right. And, and, that's, and that's what we have to live with is the bad decisions that they our that's organization in the front office. makes. That's the problem. The problem is we aren't in, 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 in any of our team's front office. The problem is that, well, 
You know, I, I keep sending them in my application, Kamikaze, but somehow they just don't keep. Just imagine if I if I worked for the Ravens, one of those fourth round picks would have been George Pickens. Would have been George. Should have been. Should have been. been Should have been George Pickens. We drafted a punter in the fourth round, but we didn't draft a George Pickens. Ah, uh, all right. So you want to talk about the uh, NFL schedule? Do you do we need to hop into that right now? Yes, we do need to hop into the NFL schedule. So that brings it close to the baseball. Um, obviously, this was going to be a biased-ass segment. We were going to only talk about the Red Sox, but we gave y'all a little bit of, you know, some other players. But we give you some titties. Yeah, titties. And now you're out for the best part of our show. The NFL schedule release happened this Thursday. We know that we are going to see. Baltimore Ravens versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday night football, week eight in October. We are excited about that. That's the first game that I want to talk about. Um, so I went through today and I, you know, kind of like, you know, guessed, predicted my schedule, wins, losses, losses, wins. Mm-hmm. I counted this game as an L for the Ravens. Um, just because when I look at Tampa's roster, you know, I don't think our defense could hold that offense to under 40 points. And I think the threshold with us is going to be about 25 to 30 points, you know, as far as our offense can be, you know. So, um, with that being said, I'm still excited to fucking go to this fucking game. Okay. Um, although I have this pencil as an L for my team, I do have us on a 12 and 5 record prediction. Ooh. So I don't uh think that it's gonna hinder our playoff hopes. Uh, well that's good. That's gotta be a positive, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously I have the um October twenty seventh game pencil or pin in on my calendar. Is that what date it is? October twenty seventh. Eight fifteen on Thursday. What I have is a slew of quarterbacks. And offenses that I have to that I have to somehow control. Uh, not necessarily in the later parts. I do face a, a Debo Samuels, which may or may not be in the 49ers. Right. Uh, I do open up the season once again, Kamikaze, with the Cowboys game, which I haven't checked off only because of my hatred of the Cowboys, Kamikaze. It's a game I want to see us smash them. Slit their throats, bury them six feet under. I have that game obviously penciled in mind. I have well, a, rest in peace, Dakota. <laughs> I have uh, a September twenty fifth game against Aaron Rodgers, uh, only because you have two Hall of Famers back to back. I have the Packers September twenty fifth. I also have the Chiefs, uh, both of those at home. Um, Packers and the Buccaneers. Uh, both at our, 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 or sorry, Packers and Bucks at our house on October 2nd. We face the Super Bowl team that we crushed on October 2nd. I have that one as well. Uh, we obviously play the Steelers October 16th. 
So that would, if Black Sheep was here, that would obviously be a talking point right. with Black Sheep because obviously I would put that as a dub considering their quarterback situation or lack thereof. I have a splitting with the Steelers, by the way, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Um, um, I have a good goal here. But besides that, we do play the AFC Conference Champion Bengals in December, as well as the Cardinals. Uh, with their new weapon. With their new weapon. And then um, you know, we finish out the season as usual, Kamikaze. Uh, Panthers, Falcons. Um, if I were to look right now, Kamikaze, if I were to be completely honest with you, I think we're losing two games this year. Okay. I mean, if I'm looking at it, Cowboys. Is that a dub? That's a dub. The Saints. Dub. The Packers. I'm going to call that a close dub. Maybe I should call that one of the L's, but I'm not going to lose. The thing is with these two games, I'm not going to lose both. Either I'm going to lose the Packers game or I'm going to lose the Chiefs game. So then, so Packers dub Chiefs L. Right. Okay, that makes sense since they're revenging typically their Super Bowl loss. Falcons dub. dub. Steelers dub. dub. Panthers dub. dub. You you called it already, Kamikaze, with the Ravens losing to the Bucks. Dub. dub. Rams, I see as possibly being a loss only because at this point we would have played the Ravens the week prior. Probably a little banged up. Rams would possibly be a loss for us. Seahawks, dub. dub. Browns, dub. Saints, dub. dub. 49ers, depending on what they have on weapons and who's healthy. The Bengals, only because at this point of the season in December is normally when our secondary is banged up the most. If Jamar Chase is free to do what he's done last season, this could definitely be another L for us. The Cardinals, only because I think we can outshoot them. I think when you put Kyle Kyle Murray... By this point, DeAndre Hopkins would be back, though. That's fine, because we don't know if Kyle Murray will be there. (laughs) Okay. Panthers... Dub. Falcons, dub. dub. I mean... Two or three losses at the most. I count four. Okay. Um, but that's just because I think that the Bengals... like you. I, I think that the Bengals will be the one team from our division. If one of us beats you, we'll be the team to beat you guys. Um, I count the Rams <laughs> game as a loss. And I do believe that the Packers are going to give you guys headaches, and I think that you guys could potentially lose that game. But as far as everything else, I agree with. So I count three or four um, there, so about 13 and three or 14. And, so I see I the mean, playoffs, 13 right? And four or 14 and three. I see you in the Super Bowl, right? Uh, see you in the Super Bowl. You already know that's my prediction. That's my prediction every year. Until it ain't. <laughs> Until it can't happen. My biggest surprise of our schedule is our first four games are all against the AFC East. We got the Jets, the Dolphins, the Patriots, and the Bills in consecutive weeks. 
you know, you would have hoped that the scheduling, whomever, team, you know, group, whatever, who does it, would have looked at that and saw that because you would have liked a mix of divisional opponents. And I get... I think that's an advantage for us. Oh, it is. Because it shortens our travel, if you know what I mean. Because the the divisions are grouped together by teams that are really close to you, you know, generally. Yeah. So... Having to do less travel, um, we go to New York to play the Jets, or we go to Jersey to play the Jets. We come home to play the Dolphins, which the Dolphins always have problems in Baltimore. Right. Even early in the season. Then we go and play uh, Bill Belichick and the Patriots, and this is my first loss that I counted. Against the Pats. Right. Okay. You know, we're going to have a, this is a team we should be beating that Uh we're going to lose to. And there's always that one team that we should beat that we lose to, and it's going to be the Patriots early on. It's going to start us off at 2-1. and one. We're going to have the mighty tough Buffalo Bills come into town. And everybody's going to be down on us that week because we just lost to the New England Patriots. They ain't going to think our offense can hang with the Buffalo Bills. And we're going to come out and we're going to smoke them. We're going right. to smoke them like fucking Cuban cigars. And we're going to go and play the Bengals. And they're going to beat us. Oh, well, they ain't, we ain't even going. No, 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 no. Hold on, I had. To kind of topple on what you said about scheduling in the first couple of weeks, I believe the the Steelers within the first 12 games don't have to travel outside of the eastern part of the United States. It's great for them. But I feel like we have the same distinct advantage. Oh, no, we got to come south week, week uh, eight. But that's the that's the furthest we go. Is South Week Eight, you know? So that's pretty good for us too. And then we go to New Orleans after that. So back to back. You know, Week Eight come down south. Yeah, you know, get a little sun and fun, take a little loss to the Bucks. I get it, right? <laughs> yeah. But at this point, if we was to lose to the Bengals, we would be three and two. Have us beating the Giants. Have us beating the Browns. Have us losing to the Bucks. That has us at what? Five and three. Obviously, we're gonna go down to New Orleans and beat the Saints. Obviously, we're gonna come home and beat the Panthers. Obviously, we're gonna come back to Florida and beat the Jags. You know, because right. we lost to the Bucks when the first time we was in Florida. We ain't losing to both of y'all, motherfuckers. <laughs> we play all three Florida teams this year, by the way. That's crazy. Bruh. Um. And then we're going to I start the Broncos game because this initially should have been an L. I mean a dub, you know, but with the addition of Russell Wilson, it kind of drew questions. I still marked it as a dub, you know, because I don't know how well they will have been gelled at this point. You know, it's still late in the season. We got Steelers next. You know, we go to Pittsburgh. I think we lose that game. That gives us four losses. And we beat the Brand- we beat the Browns the next week. And we beat the Falcons the next week. And then we beat the Steelers the next week, which, you know, puts that split there. And then we ended off at, home- at-, at the Bengals with another dub. 
See you in the Super Bowl. So that. I ain't counted four losses then. Where was my fifth loss at? Uh, you got me, buddy. Probably that first game against the Bengals. Because Patriots, Bengals, that's one, two. One, two. Bucks will be the third loss. Steelers is the fourth loss. Steelers is the fourth loss. So I guess I had Denver as the fifth loss? Back to Denver. You really gotta look back at your key matchup opponents and see how you play against them because I don't think you think that you play you play worse against like you know big matchups. Yeah, we played great against big matchups. We played the worst against the easiest. Right. Teams. So I I don't understand the whole logic when it comes to Denver. They're still a, a team with a great quarterback that has to get used to one another. Right. That's why I, I probably should have us at 13 and 4 instead of 12 and 5. I think I gave myself some leeway with the 12 and 5. Uh, I'll give you a 4 or 5 loss for me only because I probably, I feel like the Saints somehow, somewhere are going to give us issues. You know, especially if you look at... Because they always give the Bucks issues. They always give us issues, and then you acquire Jarvis Landry, and then you and then you get... Chris Olave, prepared with Michael Thomas, who's just coming back from just not playing. And then you give Alvin Kamara that type of <coughs> lesson up on the fronts that could be coming up defensively. The quarterback James, position don't really matter, do it? I mean, you could you could put anybody in that position with, with the weapons they have. See, that's a division opponent, and it's a division opponent that you respect that even at that weakest, they can steal a game from you. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about the Steelers. I, can't, I can never sleep on them now. The Falcons... The Steelers are the same type of team where they have been so consistent throughout my entire life of being a football fan that even with their quarterback conundrum... I think that they are a 11 or 12 win team. And it's not like this Saints team isn't, they're not changing up much. This is a organizational pick from Sean Payton's coaching tree. So it's not like they're going to be changing much of the offense. Right. You know, if it's not broke, don't fix it, Kamikaze. Right. But, I mean, it's one of those teams that, on paper, you know, they could may really maybe be something if if all the pieces mesh well together. Right. You know, if, if Jameis, you know, gives us a little bit better with that running game, what could he do? Right. So, and and that's a conundrum that I unfortunately have to deal with this season, Calvin County. You have your Steelers, unfortunately. Yeah, with their physical wide receiver corps. In their physical run game and their physical ass defense. You know what? At this point, you might as well just send Marcus Peters a tweet and say, "Man, I need you to just punch George Pickens right. in the mouth. Just punch him right. in the mouth. Take, take, take. Well, and then at that point, he's. I don't even think I got. I don't even think I got to call him and tell him that. I think he already knows he has to do that. Right, bro. Like the first game, the first time you go up on him, just go ahead and just say, you know what, dude? I'm going to punch And if Marcus don't do it, I'm sure Marlo will do it because Marlo knew he needed to freaking punch OBJ in the mouth and Jarvis Landry in the mouth. He did that for us. 
that way it sets a precedent. Not that you're not going to get, George isn't going to get his one comeuppance, but at least you know you sent a message to him that we're not going to be taking this shit. Exactly. And if you saw George Pickens throughout his combine and draft, he's a beast. Right. But I think we have pockets in our schedules, in our schedule where we can win a series of games. Um, I know we're going to have like maybe five two-game win streaks, so that's going to get us 10 games at least. And then I think there's going to be a pocket where we can win about three games. To me, Kamikaze, the interest going into a season like we have to look forward to here in 2022 is going to be my spring training two games. They're trying to see what Kyle Trask has at the the number two position for quarterback. I'm really interested to see what he has in store for us in his year two. Or no, is it three? It's year two. Year two. So, but I want to see what they do. Wrinkles they can come up with. So when he maybe can get his time, we'll see what he can do. Because he's a, he's a quarterback that I saw at Florida that mechanic-wise, he, he makes sense. He, he, he makes it look effortless. Once he has the system down, I feel like in year two, I really want to see that progression, that three-year nice hit. JD, what's that 16 game hit streak teams? Rafi hit a double before that, though, by the way. Um, yeah. Of course, Kike grounded. But, uh, good shit. We'll take the same. We got guys at first and third in the first inning with one out. This year we we enemies until the week eight game happens. Call the birds. Don't forget. Don't forget. We still got that week one college football game: Notre Dame, Ohio State. So that happens even before the NFL season starts. So that's, that's more like a band aid getting ripped off. I feel like I'm gonna get. Dominated that game, so you could win the Bucks game. <laughs> so I like I lose the Ohio State game, but I win the Ravens game, and then turn that. You know around. we play each other next year too. Good. Ohio but we gotta, State, but, uh, Notre Dame, right? Oh yeah. Well, good. That puts us at a high bar. If we're playing teams like Ohio State, that means we're doing something right. Right. And, we have to play teams and like that, that could be the precursor to y'all joining the Big Ten, too. Because with all of this conference reshuffling, there's not going to be a Power Five anymore. Because the fucking, what is the Pac-10 or the Pac-12 is pretty much dissolving. The Pac, the, the Big 12. Big 12. The Big 12 would be the one that's dissolved. Would probably be dissolved. Which it should, because if you can't keep a recommended and I don't know what it is I think it's 10 to 12 teams in your conference and I don't think Big 12 has that right now then you have a problem and this is one of the te- this is one of the the glory boys of conferences you know the Big 12 you had your Oklahoma and your Texas and now they're gone I mean they're getting ready to run out by 2025 and it's whatever <coughs> Big 12 conference has happened or hasn't happened, 
you're to blame. Right. So I, I don't feel bad for the Big Twelve. Right, right, right. So yeah, I'm excited about um all of that. I'm gonna be excited about this Bucks Ravens game. Um May the best man win. Um May the best man win. But you know, it will be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that day. <laughs> well that's our schedule, right? Mm-hmm. It's not even that I just think we are worth being. You know, I just think that at that point in the schedule, we're gonna be coming off of playing the Bengals, the Browns, and the Giants off of a three-game stretch. The Giants, I'm not really too worried about because that feels like a cupcake sandwiched into, you know, uh, three hard nail bed bread pieces of bread, you know. So, and when we get to that Bucks and that heat that still be fucking burning in October, you know, even though it's under the lights at night, you know, it's going to be some humidity out there. I don't know if we're going to be able to, you know, perform through that the way we play football. And that's, you know, what it all boils down to. And it's just my luck that, you know, the time we are playing a game outside, my first Ravens game outside of M&T Bank Stadium, where I get to sit and be a fan and not be a security guard. You know, um, correct. This is, it'll be my luck that we lose. But I'm gonna have a blast because I'm gonna get drunk. I hope I don't get in a fight. Well, I mean, you have a reputation at stadium already. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Gabriel Davis ass niggas. <coughs> it's raining tacos. Ah, no one said that. <laughs> All right, let's go watch the baseball game. All right, this has been Pat Pat Wick and Drake Kamikaze. We yeah. brought you the beer, Buzz, Banta, without a sheep. If you find our sheep, call 1-800-SHEEP-RETURN. Uh-huh. Motherfucker, where you at? All right, that's an hour and a half. We good. Ignition sequence has started. Six. Come on, Trevor. We gonna see if we gonna see if Trevor get a uh, RBI. Zero. We have commit and we have liftoff at two thirteen. Wow, that's that. Well, I don't know. I can't see the zone really, so I don't know where it was at. You know, he disagrees with it, obviously. All right, I don't want to wait on this at bat. We're gonna close the show. Thank you guys for listening. Bye.